the bathroom, forgetting that in most homes the bathroom and the toilet are separate rooms. With a kind of mock formality, Lewis showed me to the bathroom, pointed to the tub, flung down a pile of towels and closed the door behind me. I returned to his sitting room to say that it was not a bath I wanted, but, "'Well, sir, choose you this day,' said Lewis, bursting with laughter as he quoted the prophet Joshua. That will break you of those silly American euphemisms. And now, where is it you wanted to go? I see from other entries I made that Lewis, or Jack, as he preferred to be called by his friends, and I were meeting at least three or four times a week, sometimes at his house, at other times in a pub with a group of friends called the Inklings. I knew that he was ill, indeed that he had been so since 1961, when the troubles with his health began. He, however, seemed to think little of it, and, as he looked so robust, it was easy to forget it when in company with this ruddy, six-foot, genial man. Hence the surprise of finding him not well enough to attend Mass with me on July the 14th. He urged me to remain there with him, and this was a memorable day for me in more ways than one. It was then that he asked me to accept immediately a post as his literary assistant and personal secretary. And later, after resigning my teaching position at the University of Kentucky, to return to Oxford to resume my duties. Lewis went for a routine examination the next morning to the Ackland Nursing Home, and, much to everyone's surprise, he sank into a coma lasting about twenty-four hours from which the doctors did not believe he would recover. Our mutual friends, the Reverend Dr. Austin Farrer and his wife, were to be on holiday in Wales from the 16th through the 31st of July, but at Lewis's request they remained in Oxford until the 17th, so that Austin Farrer could hear his confession and give him the blessed sacrament. Lewis wanted me to receive the sacrament with him, but as I was not ill this was not allowed. In that case, Lewis said, you must be present to do the kneeling for me. With so much to do for him at this time, I was unable to keep a regular diary. However, I see from a letter I wrote to the Farrers on July the 30th from Lewis's home, and now part of the Farrer papers in the Bodleian Library, Oxford, that I had already moved into Lewis's home by that time. Rather than tell Lewis how close he had come to dying, The doctors appeared to leave this to me. When I judged the time to be right, I told him about the coma and the few days when his mind was disordered. Thereafter, Lewis continued to believe that the extreme unction administered during the coma and his reception of the Blessed Sacrament had saved his life. Even before he went into the nursing home, I marvelled that Lewis had lived so long without setting himself ablaze. Except when he dressed for a special occasion, he wore an old tweed jacket, the right-hand pocket of which had been patched and repatched many times. This was because Lewis, when wearied of his pipe, would drop it into his pocket, with the result that it would burn its way through. And this happened so often that there was none of the original material left. The nurses in the Ackland, having found him nodding with a cigarette in his hand, would have none of this. And so it was that, except when I was with him, they would not allow him to have any matches. What puzzled Lewis was that, 
After I had left him with a box of matches, a nurse would, as soon as I left, rush in and take them away. How do they know? he asked me one morning. Give me a box I can hide under my bedclothes. I had then to confess that, while I was the supplier, I was also the informer. Informer! roared Lewis. I have what no friend ever had before. I have a private traitor, my very own personal Benedict Arnold. Repent before it is too late. I loved all the rough and tumble of this, and I fancy I pulled his leg about as often as he pulled mine. But there was the gentler side that was just as typical. There was one incident that took place in the Ackland which the readers of his Narnian stories might find as endearing as I did. It occurred on one of those days when Lewis's mind was disordered, and when, as I noticed,